0: You know, the culture is actually damn good.
1: Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hey, where y'all This is the Square. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. North of South America, all the ships at sea, let's go to press. Have you been drinking? It hey, was a good show, huh? During the workday, when you feel possessed by amorous intent, may I suggest that you suppress it? Hey. 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 How you doing? Let's get in the conference room. I would like to invite everyone into the conference room. I would like to have a meeting in the conference room right now. I know for a fact that nobody in the Parks Department reads letters. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me, Saviour! Here he you. Eagles faking the blitz. Now here they come. Danucci back. They've got them! Football They've out. got him. Football is out. It's out, and the Eagles are going to pick it up. They're running with the football. And down the sideline, all the way down, it's Jalen Mills. No, it's Rodney McLeod. Rodney McLeod picked it up. Oh, Rodney man. McLeod on a scoop and score.
2: What a mess last night. The SportsJourney.com Radio Network is on the air. We are back off the bye week. Bob Matthews here with you. Glad that you are joining us. We will get to Ron Rivera and his daily check-in with us. We'll zoom here in just a couple of minutes as Washington gets set to take on the Giants this Sunday. Giants, of course, playing on Monday night football. We may have an entirely different deal and a different perspective when we come on the air tomorrow. But I tell you what, again, we'll get to Rivera in a second. We have got to talk about that Eagles-Cowboys game last night. I watched the whole thing. It was fascinating. Both of those teams are so bad. And that is not to say that Washington is some paragon of football excellence right now. But the incompetency last night was approaching an art form. You know, if you're into schottenfreude, that was the game for you last night. I mean, it, it was really, really bad. And if you missed it, the Eagles did wind up winning the game last night uh, by a final score of 25-9. Uh, to 9. It was not so much uh, the Eagles, you know, executing as it was Dallas's incompetence. Um, I'm sorry, 23-9. I stand corrected. Twenty-three to nine last night. Oh, stop that! Thank you very much. I tell you what. Let's. Um. I. I want to take you into the locker room here, uh, as we've got some post-game from last night. Carson Wentz. I. The Eagles got a problem at quarterback because I don't know what the deal is with Carson Wentz, but this is not the Carson Wentz of a few years ago and he is now leading the NFL in interceptions. He had another two last night. Um, he's got, I believe, 12 on the year. That's two ahead of Kirk Cousins. Uh, despite all that, though, again, uh, mainly because of the Cowboys' incompetence, the Eagles were able to get a win, and that's basically, that was that was. Basically, uh, Doug Peterson's kind of philosophy after
0: the game last night. There's never a pretty win. There's never an ugly win, and you know, a wins a win. And um, we we gotta we gotta start stacking them together. And uh, you know, um, guys are excited in the locker room. We know we know we gotta play better. Um, we're also optimistic. We can get some players back here in the second half of the season that can help us and and uh, try to get back to full strength we understand and, and we can't turn the ball over you know bottom line we can't turn the ball over. we're, we're too good we, we're we got too much responsibility you know for everybody me included um that uh you know we just got to take ownership of it And we can't we can't do the things we're we're doing in order to you know really survive in this league and um we've got to get better we've got to we've got to fix it we got to fix it in a hurry we get a chance to to sit back and look at you know the first eight games and evaluate and and uh, you know try to try to come away with some whys. I'll
2: I will say this for the Eagles, and that is that whatever they've got left. And I think we've talked about this before. There is kind of a natural evolution and life cycle to a team, and I think that this current iteration of the Eagles has kind of passed its peak. Peak being the Super Bowl back in in twenty seventeen and it's kind of the diminishing returns now, but there are still enough quality players in that organization that they were able to win a game like last night. I mean, let's face it. Dallas had no business winning the game. Obviously they're playing with a third string quarterback that they drafted in the seventh round out of uh, division one AA a school. And, and, you know, and Ben DiNucci looked like that last night, as you would have thought he did. But, you go back and watch that game, you want to talk about a bad culture. I don't see how it can get any worse than it is in Dallas right now. I mean, I, I, you know, save me uh, you know, save me the sob stories about having your entire offensive line out most of the season. They did get Zach Martin back last night, but the, it, that roster has got, even without Dak Prescott, who I I think now we can definitely say deserves to be paid because he was papering over and covering up a lot of flaws on that team. But even without, even if you've got an entire second-string offensive line in there, and teams have made it work in the past, even with that, even despite the fact that you don't have your starting quarterback, you've got a guy who's supposed to be the best running back in the league, you have got three legitimate deep threats outside and you got a tight end who isn't bad you know that 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 guy's not bad that they've got that they've got playing there and yet the amount of drops that i saw last night and i've seen the last couple of weeks from those supposed all-pro wide receivers just just awful i mean Organization with a good culture makes that stuff work. We, You know, Patriots did it before. You, know, you, you saw Belichick make it work with all kinds of different guys on his offensive line. And yes, granted, he had Tom Brady. And we're seeing the reason why they were as successful as they were now that Tom Brady's not there. But that's neither here nor there. Um, you know, I understand they had a pretty good backup in Andy Dalton, who got taken out by a cheap shot with a cheap shot by by John Bostic last week. Even before that, you know there is no excuse for dropping some of these balls that I've seen the Cowboys' receivers drop. And on defense, I mean, you know we knew it was going to be bad coming into the year, but I mean some of those guys look like they're out there going half speed still. The Cowboys may not win another game all year. You know, they may go 1-15. And, you know, I'm not even sweating that if they do. Because you think, oh, well, they'll get healthy next year and they'll have the first or second pick in the draft. I, I don't think it's going to matter. I think we're seeing now why they've underachieved all these years. And that's because they don't have a football guy running the team. You know, old Coach Jones, he's oil and gas man. He's a football man, and it's going to continue to happen, and it's going to continue to happen until he puts somebody in charge of the football, uh, of the personnel side of the business, and he stops thinking that he can run it. Fortunately for Washington, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Thank God. All right, uh, let's see if we got any. If we got anything. From the Cowboys locker room last night. Let's 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 see what uh, let's check in and see what uh, what Mike McCarthy had to say about uh, yet another loss last
0: night. We're running out of time. We 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 understand that you know as far as where we are in the season and you know I, I thought our defense played with tremendous pride and and we knew we needed to stop the run. And uh, you know, and I thought our guys, you know, to hit hit the mark there and, and get. We need we needed takeaways, and, and that's that's the brand of football. That's the team identity uh, we're focused on playing. You know, winning the turnover differential margin for the first time this year, and you know that was led by the defense. So I mean, the defense, you know, pretty much held them to you know what 15 points, and you know that, and that's a you, you you keep you keep the opponent to 15 or less, you should win the game.
2: Well you probably should, and yet when you uh, kick what. Three make three field goals and kick a fourth one, that you miss. That ain't going to happen. I feel a little sorry for Mike McCarthy. I mean, I'm I probably shouldn't since he's getting what four or five million dollars a year to do this, but he never had a chance. He's the wrong guy, for that job. It's never going to work with a coach like him. It hasn't yet, you know it hasn't in the Jerry Jones era, and it wasn't this time. I, I understand that he has won a Super Bowl, but you take that away, and he's Dave Campo. You know, Um, or or just another iteration of Jason Garrett, the kind of a coach that works, that's going to win for Jerry Jones. There's been one type and there's been two of them. You got to have a larger than life personality. That ain't Mike McCarthy. You know who has won for the Cowboys as a head coach since Jerry Jones is on the team. Jimmy Johnson, Barry Switzer. And yes, Barry had inherited Jimmy's roster. But he still – and his assistant coaches as well. But you still had to have that personality in order to make it all work. And, you know, say what you want to about Switzer just being an over – you know, kind of overseeing everything and whatnot. They still won a Super Bowl and and got to an NFC title game. And then Bill Parcells. And that's it. You know, everybody else has underachieved because you've got to, you know, do that dance where – You've got to coexist with the larger-than-life owner, but you've got to be a larger-than-life coach in order to make it work there. It's just the way it is. So if you thought that Washington was in a tough spot or is in a tough spot, I, I think Dallas is in an even tougher spot long-term going forward. All right, time to go out to Ashburn, check in with head coach Ron Rivera, his daily Zoom conference that he does with us. Trade deadline coming up Tuesday, roughly, what, 4 p.m., I think. And as of right now, uh, no buying and no selling from the Ashburn front office. And it was, of course, one of the big topics conversation today. You probably saw the reports over the weekend that Ryan Kerrigan or his agent his camp has uh requested a trade the reds uh, the washington football team almost did it again still not able to uh find a trade partner they say depending on who you believe either they can't find a trade partner can't get value for him or nobody is called in the first place same with dwayne haskins uh here was ron a little bit earlier uh talking about a possible trade of kerrigan
0: he really has he's contributed he's made impact plays for us um, he's impacting our defense, he's impacting our young players on our football team. He's setting the example and he's the right kind of guy that, that we have here because he's you know he's been here for, for, for 10 plus seasons. And, and, and again, you know, I, I think that's a very unfair comparison to make. Like I said, you know AP is a different guy, different set of circumstances. I mean, the guy's a future Hall of Famer.
2: He was comparing the, the difference between trading Adrian Peterson before the season started. And, and the Kerrigan situation, uh, you know, if you're a Washington fan, I think you, you got to hope the Kerrigan stays because he adds depth to that outside uh, rusher position. You know, you've got four guys that you can you can rotate in and out of there. And obviously, Chase Young and Montez Sweat are going to get the most snaps. But, you know, to have Kerrigan and Orion Anderson to spell them, and if, God forbid, <clears throat> somebody gets hurt again— you know, you, there's not, there is some drop off, but not as much as there would be in a different situation. I mean, Kerrigan is is still a guy you got to account for out there. And, and to a little bit lesser extent, Ryan Anderson too. And Anderson can do some different things as well. So from a team standpoint, I, I think you got to hope that they don't trade him. Uh, I, I don't think you're going to get that much for him. Not that he's not worth it. It's just that um, that's just the way that that trades work in the NFL, between trades and, and contracts and everything else. Uh, we also talked to uh, Ron about uh, the Eric Reed situation. We all know by now he was offered a practice squad slot in order to get into NFL shape and turned it down and here's what Rivera had to say about that
0: well I thought it was a very good conversation with Eric 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 and I were, were very honest with each other Eric told me exactly what he was looking at I told him the reason why I was going to do you know why I had offered him the practice squad spot the veteran spot was so that he could come in he'd get, get his legs under him because you know he really hadn't had an opportunity to go into camp or be part of anything so I wanted him to build his way up into it um Eric felt, you know, that he had kept himself in great shape and that he'd be ready for any action because he's a smart football player. He really is. He truly is. Um, But I also wanted to give Reeves an opportunity. You know, I'm one of those guys that if you come to training camp, you work your butt off, you do everything that you're supposed to, you deserve that opportunity before anybody else. And that's kind of what I was doing with Jeremy. Um, I think he earned that right. He earned my respect as far as having gone through camp, not complaining and doing things the right way. So, I wanted to give him a chance to be part of the 53 and see where he is. I also didn't want to bring a guy in right away that you would sit there and, and have hanging over Cam Curl. I thought Cam did a nice job last week. Cam has done a great job for us in our, in our, in our big nickel package, as what we call the Buffalo position. And I wanted to see what he had to do as well. So, but Eric and I had a great conversation. You know, I, I'm always, you know, Eric is a very honest young man. I'm very honest with Eric. Um, and that was what he decided. And I, Told him I completely respect that point of view because um, he, like I said, he I have I think he's really one of the really good individuals that that really, you know, is just a good person.
2: And if you were with us last week, you heard when we talked to Morgan Moses and when we talked to Jonathan Allen and a couple of the other guys, the optimism that they expressed here in the second half of the year, coming off the bye. and we asked Coach about that as well, saying. Without the benefit, obviously, of a, of a normal training camp, certainly without the benefit of OTAs, you've seen, obviously, you've seen both the offensive and defensive units struggle this year. And is it starting to come around?
0: Players have aha moments. All of a sudden, oh, I get what the coach is trying to say. I see what they're trying to show us. Okay, that makes sense. You know, again, Part of it is we didn't have OTAs. We didn't have many camps. We didn't have a normal training camp for these guys to look and see and, and adapt and get used to things. So what's happening now is sudden we're having these aha moments, and hopefully they continue where it makes sense. That's why coach told me to do this. That's why I should drop into this coverage. That's why I run the route the way I run. You know, one of the really neat aha moments, <clears throat> you know, that I've seen in the past is, is why a receiver has to understand he has to run a route at a certain pace. Okay. I've seen guys go, oh, okay, that makes sense now. I've seen linebackers all of a sudden, okay, the reason why I fall back on this and I don't fall back on that is because this is good, Uh aha. I mean, as a coach, that's gratifying, but you wish they would get it sooner. So right now we're kind of going through these aha moments and and hopefully they continue because again, as the players see these little things and they make more and more sense, now you're gonna see guys play more discipline. They're going to play faster. They're going to get to where they need to be to make plays. That's why aha moments are so important.
2: What's going to be interesting is how skewed is this going to be? Because let's face it, the schedule, as we have said since it came out, really opens up now. This is where, if Washington is going to have a a shot at playing meaningful games in December, they have to win. They have to win in November. And the next four weeks, the Giants, Cincinnati, Detroit well, Detroit Cincinnati then Dallas on Thanksgiving Day is where you've got to do it uh, it's four very winnable games in the month of November if they win all four of those games they head into December at six and five and while there is a tough stretch with Pittsburgh and then San Francisco and Seattle you look at it and you say hey San Francisco is only four and four right now are the 49ers you know got to have that? season long letdown after losing the Super Bowl. It happens. And then you finish up the year with Carolina and Philly. So it's going to be very interesting to see if in fact they're actually getting it and things are actually starting to improve, you know, on a fundamental level where you can have kind of a game-changing performance against some of those better teams. Not that I expect them to beat Pittsburgh or Seattle. But do they look a little less overmatched because of coaching? That is what we'll find out in about four weeks. Last thing I want to play for you. And it was some very interesting comments, which I will offer without any editorial slant to it. But uh, one of the things we asked Rivera was now that uh, the cancer treatment, his cancer treatment is over. You know, what does, how did that change him and what did he... What did he learn um, about the state of health care in America? Some very interesting comments. Take, take a listen to this.
0: You're seeing what, you know, what I went through and just knowing what the cost has to be, you know, you worry about the folks that, that can't afford what I had, you know, and and, and and it's, and it's, and I don't want to say it's unfair, but it is. These folks deserve every opportunity. And, and, and it just kind of struck a chord with me. So, you know, whether I, whether I, I, I get, involve something directly or I get involved with something else indirectly. You know, um, I know Inova is doing its big fundraiser uh, this coming Friday and I'm going to be part of it. Those are the types of things that, you know, that if if that's all I can do, then I'm going to do it. But I I just think that that we need to we need to understand that we need to have the Affordable Care Act, uh, whether it's current structure or it's being changed and it's being corrected or it's being fixed or it's being add on to We need to have something for the folks uh, in the United States of America. I mean, you know, for us not to have affordable, quality health care and be the richest nation in the world, that's kind of disappointing.
2: Hmm. I don't think anybody can argue with those sentiments from Riverboat Ron. All right. Election Day is Tuesday. Get out and vote. If you hadn't already done it for crying out loud, make a plan. We will talk to you again tomorrow. Uh, And who knows? Maybe we'll have some trade news by then. and, And then again, maybe not. But we shall find out. Like the wise man once said, if you're out on your bike tonight, as always, do wear white.